Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I am your host, Randy Lee Bosla. On today's episode, I am going to be talking to Marnie Hill Botterero. And to make sure that you don't ever miss any episodes, if you haven't already, hit that like and subscribe button right now. Welcome, Marnie. So excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me on Write or Die. Yes. And um, I think, is that a virtual background? This is a virtual background. I love it because, though. Well, I live in the Caribbean and when I do the interviews, the time difference is, is so unique that sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's light. I, I just have to have a virtual What time background. is it for you right now? It is 11 o'clock a.m. Okay. So you're only an hour ahead of me then. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. The Caribbean. Oh, I'm kind of jealous with all this crazy COVID lockdown stuff. We haven't been able to go on our vacations, which are normally to Caribbean islands. <laughs> well, I am on a permanent vacation in the Caribbean. So, nice. so okay, now I'm getting curious. What made you? Well, first off, were you born there? No, no, I was born in Miami, Florida, and actually spent my entire life in the Chicago suburbs. So I grew up in Lake Forest, Illinois, and went off to college in Illinois. Um, uh, and then I raised my family, my two children in Fox River Grove, Barrington, Illinois. And um, when I decided, uh, well, I was getting close to retirement. I was a high school teacher for 35 years in oh, the wow. Chicago suburbs. 12 of those years, I was an adjunct professor at Northern Illinois University in the curriculum department. Um, but I had a major life change. I, I was married and I didn't realize, but I was married to, to an abuser. And so I chose after 27 years to divorce my abuser. And when I, I knew I needed to get as far away as possible from him, um, but at the same time, I was starting a new chapter in my life and I wanted to go where I wanted to go. And I love being yes. surrounded by the ocean and sunshine and, and different cultures and uh, so I, I chose the Virgin Islands, but part of it was to get as far away from my abuser as possible, just for my own safety. You know, abusers, yeah. abusers, once you, once they know, you know, um, they kind of ramp up their game and, um, and your safety becomes compromised. Um, even though I filed for divorce in 2013, um, my abuser is still taking me to court and still stalking me and harassing me. And it's, it's, you know, so at least I have a little bit of, um, distance between us yeah. being in the Caribbean. So anyway, but I love living here. Yeah. It's a wonderful, uh, new chapter in my life. So you said you had kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, how do they feel about coming to visit mom in the Caribbean? Uh, I don't think they will be coming to visit. I think this is my island. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to be all over that. If my mom lived in the Caribbean, I'd be like, right? I'm coming to visit like all the time. Right. No, there's been no interest expressed at all. And that's okay. That's all right. I'm happy to, to be here. Um, living my life. So, and writing books and a lot of great things are happening for me. So 
Well, as long as great things are happening. Um, but I finally put the pieces of the family trauma puzzle together. And now I get it. And so I, I have decided that the year 2022 is the year I let go of negativity, toxicity, you know, uh, very malevolent individuals, whether they're family or friends. Yep. I am just um, starting fresh, which is wonderful. And a big thing I'm doing this year is honoring my mother. And I'm, I'm writing, um, I'm, I'm involved in my sixth anthology book, um, Tammy Morrison's Passing the Pearls, where we honor our grandmothers. And I will be honoring my mother and letting her know in heaven that I have, I figured it out. And, you know, I am honoring her and I'm, I'm stopping, stopping the abuse. It's, it's over now with me. Good. And so let's follow this train of thought because I'm sure that that is uh, where our mental health discussion is going to take us is to this trauma, this abuse. Um, So start your story wherever it is that you are comfortable to talk about it. Well, um, like I had mentioned, I, I had realized after 27 years, I was in an abusive marriage and I needed to escape. And, you know, unfortunately, I just followed my gut feeling, my gut reaction and just got the heck out as fast as I could, not knowing that I would lose everything, my house, all my money, my adult children to parental alienation all my belongings, uh, my assets, you know, and, and luckily I don't value material things, uh, like many people do. So I, I believe in, um, you know, we can't take it with us and that we are, you know, we are all in this vibration of love and I'm in a vibration of goodness and honesty and those values, you know, are like my integrity. That is what is important to me. So, so I could lose everything and believe me, losing adult children to parental alienation is, is devastating. And, and because of that, I am bringing awareness to this unfortunate family trauma, but you know what? I'm good. I'm good in knowing the kind of person that I am and what I'm all about and I've, um, my books have been well received and people are realizing that our voices matter. And so speaking up on, on abuse, you know, um, not necessarily letting it define us and not being in the victim role, because I'm neither of those, but realizing that that was part of my journey to help me self-actualize. And then just fairly recently, in my 60s, I put the pieces of the puzzle together of my own intergenerational abuse, realizing that my father was extremely abusive to my mother, um, okay. doing a lot of the same things that um, abusers do. But back then, when he had her committed to mental institutions and oh, wow. had her shock treatment done and just discounted her and gaslit her to make her believe that she was not worthy or intelligent when my mom was one of the most intelligent people I have ever met in my entire life. And, you know, she, 
unfortunately was not a survivor and she was not equipped like many of us are now because now you know the stigma has been lifted some and we can talk about um, our challenges and and realize that that's part of our journey she she had a real hard time but you know what mama I figured it out and I'm sure she's so proud of you for that she is she is I feel blessed I mean like you were saying now people have a lot more awareness about it and we have as women as wives we have a lot more autonomy than back when your mom would have been going through it back then wife would have been her identity Yes. Mm-hmm. Wife, mother, that those were the labels. Now we can be, you know, yeah, okay, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, but I'm also a writer, I'm a host, right. I'm like other things, I'm a creative person, I'm just, right, you can be more yourself, you don't have to identify by your partner. Right, right. And my mother was kind of ahead of her time. Um, back when she was, you know, younger and a young teacher and a college professor herself. Wait, so she was a teacher too? She was, yeah. Yeah, she was an English teacher. And uh, she was, in fact, in Broward County, uh, Florida. Um, So she, um, but she also, a lot of women in her era did not go on to pursue advanced degrees. And she went on to get her master's at Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And actually it was there that she really met the love of her life, not my father, Um, but she met this amazing man from India that um, my partner Rick and I had the pleasure of meeting before he transitioned. We spent a month in India and I was, we planned the whole trip around meeting my mom's, this love of her life. And um, that's so lovely. It was wonderful. And, and his wife was so understanding of the, the whole situation. And it was kind of like, it all came full circle. So we got to spend some amazing time with this man. And I got to actually through him, see a side of my mom that I, that I never knew, but I just feel like, you know, God put me on this path and, and the fact that I could actually meet him and, um, and, and connect with him before he transitioned. I feel that it was all meant to be, but my mom was definitely ahead of her time. She was an amazing writer with a lot of wit. Oh, she was a writer too. And yes, she was a writer and, and ended up being a, a reporter at one point, but she just was very creative and had a way with words. And I feel that somehow I'm channeling her. She's channeling me, whatever. We're, we're in this together now. So I I got my mama back. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, So I'm kind of curious. We often hear about parental alienation um, with divorces when the kids are really young. Yeah. This is actually the first time I've heard of it with adult children, because I would assume, and obviously wrongly so, um, but I would assume as an adult, the child it, it wouldn't be able to be alienated by the other parent or whatever, because you're an adult, you can make decisions for yourself. You know, both of your parents by now, like, 
so it, can you explain that one to me? And I, I would be happy. I would be happy to talk about this because definitely awareness needs to be made about parental alienation with adult children. Um, before I even go into that, I'd like you to, to realize that the abusers, the alienators, um, are very much like a cult leader. And so when you think of cults, you can think of adults being brainwashed. It's true. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, I'm and that's very it. similar to what they do. They will do outright lies. They will implant false memories. They will, you know, t tell stories with half-truths in them. So, you know, it's sort of believable or very believable, but then they'll throw in some very malevolent, you know, uh, damaging false information that could 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 ruin a person. And, and this is not a gender specific thing. This happens to both dads and moms. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the kids are the ones that really, really suffer because you know, that abusing, alienating parent is really abusing their children. This is considered child abuse. But, you know, you were asking about how can an adult child be alienated? In my case, I was close to my daughter until she was 20 years old. We, I was her Girl Scout gold leader. I was her number one fan. She, she had challenges, just like all kids have challenges yeah. in their lives. But I always did everything to make her feel good about herself and worthy. And I definitely was a mom who encouraged creative outlets uh, with well, it art. So as a writer. <laughs> yeah, but also just with art projects or nature yeah. walks or travel and experiencing different things. So, so yes, my daughter, you know, you would think would have just figured it out, you know, and actually she was witness and my son as well, they were witness to the uh, verbal and, and, and then eventual physical abuse from my, from my ex-husband. Oh, so, so they're not like, you know, but I think that kids don't want to see certain things. They want to believe. This is true. They want to believe both their parents have their, you know, their back or that have good intentions or that they're all working towards the family. You yeah. know, and I believe that too. Look at me. I stayed married for 27 years and, you know, but I actually, in some ways that was a blessing in disguise because if I would have left my abuser earlier, I would have maybe lost out on such wonderful bonding experiences with my children. That's um, true. Yes. Children can be brainwashed. They also can be bought out. They also can be threatened indirectly they, okay, yeah. you know, the abusers want to control their kids. They, lots of times their kids are, are either an extension of themselves that they are trying mm -hmm. to live through these children. Yes. That um, happens more than I want. To oh believe. yeah. Oh, it, like for example, a mother who was always into like beauty pageants or something might put their daughter in a beauty pageant. And yeah, it happens them, all the time. Right. All you know, time. or, or a father who, who wanted to be a star basketball player, but was really not good, you know, and had no skill, but 
he would possibly want his son to be the star basketball player in the same position with the same oh. jersey number and everything. Oh, of course. I it mean, has to all be the same or else right. we can't it's, live vicariously through them. That's what they're doing. So sometimes these abusers want to live vicariously, like you're saying, through their children. But sometimes these abusers are so into their public image, which is all false, fake, you know, yeah. it's a fraud. Um, but they want to keep up that narrative. So having a family and a, a, a white picket fence, perfect neighborhood, you know, house with a wife that has been with them for over two decades, you know, gives that image that 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 abuser is really someone that they really aren't. That's what they want to be. But they're yeah. not. They're not good people. You know, yeah. they, they, they don't have good intentions. Not that people can't change or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes people do. They get into an awareness and they realize the wrongs that they have done and they make amends. But most of the time, these people are undiagnosed. You know, they're definitely fall on that cluster B personality disorder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they don't take ownership, you know, where, where empathetic, loving people realize their role in things. They realize, Hey, I was kind of damaged by my own dad, my own family situation. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I had to play out the different roles until my light bulb came on. Wow. So yes, adult children can be alienated. Just the, the only good thing about that, there's nothing good about alienation, but the yeah. only good thing is that as a targeted parent, you're not dealing with custody. You're not dealing yeah. with being falsely arrested and put in jail. You're not dealing with trying to co-parent, um, That's you know, true. Yeah. but it's, it's a, still a loss, um, you know, but at this point, I really firmly believe that God has a plan and, and that, you know, these children of mine, they, they have their own journey. They have to go on and they have to have mm -hmm. their own light bulbs go on and, and it will happen. It may not happen in this lifetime, but it'll happen sometime. Yeah. But I can, I can live in peace knowing that I was the absolute best mom that I ever could be. It was my favorite role in my entire life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but I'm, I, I have it in perspective at this point, I think. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. So when did you, obviously you didn't get married going, oh, this guy abuses me. I'm going to get hit. Not at all. No. And that's, and that's normal. Like people don't, don't plan their life with somebody that they know is abusing them. Not right? at all. I was love bombed. I really yes. believe that he was my knight in shining armor. And, and I went along, even though, even before the marriage, there were red flags I should have paid attention to. Yeah. I was so just, I was in a tunnel vision. I wanted to be married and have a family. That is what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and so I ignored all of those things. So no, I, I did not go in knowing that he was an abuser 10 years in, I knew things weren't completely right. You know, I knew of the infidelities. I knew of the money manipulations, the forgeries, the lies, stuff like that. I still didn't make a move. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to understand when we're talking about 
uh, bringing awareness to these situations is so often when we're not the ones in the situation, we look at a situation and go, well, why didn't you just get out of it? How did you not know? Mm-hmm. And it's not as easy as that, because like you said, they love bomb you. And that's a term that I've heard a few times, right? Mm-hmm. They give you all of this affection, all of this love. And so you think that that's who they really are, this very caring, loving person and all of these slights that start happening where you yeah. can write them off. Cause that's not actually who they are. They're this kind, loving person that I right, first right. met. They're just trying to help me by telling me that this friend is no good or that this thing that I like is wrong. Yeah, you know, in you need to lose to a little, little weight. You need right, to, right. Yeah. You know, why don't you fix your hair differently or whatever? Exactly. But you know what they what they also do is they slowly gaslight you to believe that you didn't see things the way you saw them or understand them. So gaslighting, um, there's gaslighting big time. Yes. It's, it's a term that I've had, um, on the show before. And I always ask the guest because we always have new people tuning in. Can you explain what gaslighting is? Gaslighting is a very purposeful, methodical, calculated strategy that an abuser will use to slowly discount and devalue their target. So so they will make them, it it actually gaslighting comes from the 1944 movie Gaslighting, where the husband would slowly dim the gaslights so that the so that the the wife kind of thought wait a minute i thought i turned the lights on and then he would take her keys and he would move them to a different location and then he would find them in that location saying look here they are right where you put them when really he put them there yeah so it's all part of a strategy to make you feel like you know just to question your own your own you know, brain. Yeah. Like I remember there was a time I was gaslit by, by my ex-husband and one of his many girlfriends. She, they came, they were, she was over at the house. I mean, even that alone should have been a red flag. Like, well, it was definitely a red flag. We were just closing our eyes to it at that time. Right. I was closing my eyes, but I remember this, this girl, uh, that was a work relationship, supposedly, you know, um, and, and they probably did have some work relationships. That's probably how they met. But anyway, this this affair went on. And actually, my my children, I think, are pretty well aware of this particular affair. Um, but this this woman went on to say, you know what? We work together. We're really good friends. Don't you remember? And I'm thinking, no, I don't remember being good friends with you. And I don't remember working with you. Oh yeah, you must have forgotten. So the gaslighting was carried over even by, you know, this, this you know, triangulated person in our, in our marriage. And so gaslighting is definitely something that abusers use to make their victims, their targets, question themselves so so then what they'll do then is they'll step back and kind of defer all responsibility to the abuser you know and that abuser in the meantime is isolating them so isolation is a big part of it they they slowly get you 
to move away from your friends and family. They even isolate you from like the music that you like to listen to or something. They'll put down your music or they'll put down, um, you know, food that you like to make or eat or, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre what they do. And so the ice, so they've got the gaslighting, the isolation, and, and then they do the smearing where they, they kind of talk bad about you to other people. And, and all of that just contributes to you, um, you know, kind of losing your identity. And then the bottom thing, the bottom line that they do which is very, very common is they make you dependent on them. So they want you to quit your job. They want you to go on disability, even though you have no reason to be on disability. They want you to, um, they want to control all the money because they're doing a lot of bad things with the money. You know, that's, and it's that control, right? Like if they can control you, then you can't leave them. If you are so dependent on them, yeah, that you cannot financially leave them and you don't, and all of a sudden you're isolated from your friends, from your family. You have no one to call to help you. Right. You right. You have no them. support system. I know of a man. Uh, I met a man through, through, um, this, all this awareness and stuff, you know, he's such a good man. He wanted to stay home and support his wife, um, uh, be, you know, and stay home with the kids and that kind of thing. She eventually made it so that he didn't even have a car to go to the grocery store. He didn't have a checking account. Now you would think a, a grown man would, you know, not put up with that or, you know, yep. chime in, but you know what? Abuse is so subtle and so calculated and, and, you know, good people don't think like criminals, you know, and, exactly. and what we're dealing with are criminals. And when you're talking about kids involved as well, yeah. how do you up and leave them? You want to make a, you would hope that you can make a plan to take them with you. But then if you have no one to call, you've got no financials, right. it's very difficult. And you're talking about it, um, this man that it's happened to, it's even more difficult for men because they don't sure. have shelters to go to. No, no, right. you don't see men's shelters. You see women's shelters. Exactly. And, and that really needs to be equalized because there are so many men that are abused by very undiagnosed, narcissistic, controlling women yeah. that, you know, um, have a different agenda in, in why they are with this person, you know. Today's episode is sponsored by J&L Flooring and Decor Center in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. We just got the floors in our house completely redone by JNL Flooring, and they look amazing. The floors that we used to have were this, like, they were just really ugly, and these ones are absolutely beautiful. They're exactly what I wanted in the price range that I needed. The best part is that they're super durable. I have seven animals, right? Three dogs and four cats. The floors need to be durable, and these ones are perfect. They're super easy to clean. Because one of those animals is still a puppy and we have accidents. Nothing's leaking through to my basement. It was happening with my old floors. You'd come downstairs and there'd be this little grip and a little puddle. Not a good thing. So not to mention that the staff there are so friendly, very helpful. They can explain all of their different floors, the laminate, the tile, the hardwood, everything, carpets. Um, They've got it all there and the staff know what they're talking about. 
They also make these really beautiful epoxy tables there. My husband wants one so bad. They are gorgeous. If you need new flooring, then you need to go and talk to JNL Flooring. Tell them you saw this on the Write or Die show and see what they've got in stock. You want to check out jandlflooring.com or just go visit them at 4424 Montrose Road, Niagara Falls, Ontario. You're not going to be disappointed. And, you know, also good, loving, honest, empathetic people like ourselves, we, we would like to believe that children should have both parents in their lives. I never once slandered my ex-husband. I never once um, discouraged my children from getting together with them. In fact, when I filed for divorce in December, I immediately invited him over to say, please spend the holidays with us as a family. Yeah. And, you know, but, but they, they would have nothing to do with it because once you discard them, yeah, that's it's it. all or nothing, it's black or white, it's whatever, yeah. but, but we would like to think that, you know, and I still firmly believe that children even adult children need both parents in their lives. I, I want my children to have a relationship with their father. Yeah. But the thing is, I would love for some light bulbs to go on so that they are aware of what they're dealing with so they can protect themselves well, exactly. and not have to go through a lifetime of trauma. But unfortunately, most kids of parental alienation do, do have a journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's then kind of fast forward a little bit. Sure. And when was it that you finally realized, wow, this is abuse? <laughs> a light bulb moment happened over pizza oh. at, a, at a local pizza place when my ex unintentionally confessed some, to some really wrongdoings and, and, and stealing our, our children's money. And, and, and it was just so bizarre. It was so bizarre that that made my light bulb go on. And for someone who usually has no problem talking and communicating, I went radio silent. I went wow. radio silent and I just thought, oh my God, this is, you know, it's one thing for me to be abused and, and, you know, um, but choosing to stay in it, but it's another thing to cross that line to, to, yeah. to the children. So, so I, that was my light bulb moment. And um, it was just a day or two after that, the emotional abuse turned physical abuse. So I was oh, wow. physically attacked, uh, very much assaulted and um, shoved up against a wall. And, and, and this, is what, this is what I was told. Don't you dare divorce me. And if you divorce me, I will take your house, your money and your children. And, and then I, I thought, wow, I didn't say anything. I was scared shitless. Oh I mean, yeah. I was scared to death. I mean, because abusers will murder you. Yeah. I mean, you read about it happens all the time. It I happens know. all the time. Yep. So I I'm putting it on record. If I am ever found dead, 
you know, even if it's by the hands of, you know, someone so unrelated to my ex-husband, it's all related to my ex-husband. I'm, I actually am in concern, concern for my safety. And, and if I, if there was any kind of justice, I would have a permanent order of protection against my abuser because, you know, they will, they will murder you or have someone else. They won't do, they won't get their hands dirty. You know, they, but they will, they will get someone else to do the dirty work. Yeah, it, it happens all the time. And it happens it's, it's all the so time. so sad. And even but I, people but I was do. Thinking, I was thinking like, who says that? Like, don't, don't you dare divorce me. I mean, yeah. any reasonable person would say something like, oh, I'm sorry that, you know, I upset you. Let's work on this or whatever. They would keep the whole thing going. Yeah. Or maybe he just knew I, it was enough was enough. Yeah, I don't they, know, but who, who threatens you like that? That was just, yeah. that was so bizarre. And then of course, when they do that and, and you file for divorce, that's when the, the real abuse happens is afterwards. Yeah. You really have to um, ideally have that plan in place that once you go through with that divorce, you are protected in some way because somebody who is going to abuse you, somebody who is going to threaten you like that, yes. they're mm-hmm. going to come after you. Yes, they They've are. already shown that they are aggressive. Yes. They already have shown their, and, their and they want colors. to keep up that narrative. It doesn't matter. Like even with my father, he's, he's in his nineties, keeping up a narrative, uh, very subtly, but trying to keep up that same narrative. I'm not buying it anymore. I'm done. I, yeah. I'm not buying it. I get it now. I get yeah. it, mom. I get it. Um, but, but I'll tell you the, the abusers, um, they want to keep up that false narrative. They're trying to save face as much as they can. Um, they can even be involved in, in so many different kinds of smear campaigns to try to sabotage your life, your success, your yes. happiness. And, exactly. you know, luckily I feel I'm in a good place right now, but I, I, I have to readily admit that I, I do have concerns for my safety. Yeah. Which is why you moved so far away. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you had your red, you had your light bulb moment. Um, a couple of days later, you had this, this threatening. How long did it take you to go from that to the divorce? I filed immediately. Okay. I mean, I, and then, I, but, but it, it was like, you know, 13, 14 lawyers later. I mean, seriously, anyone who is dealing with an abuser, will not be shocked to hear that there are more than 10 lawyers involved in, in, a, in a divorce that does not even involve minor children. Yeah. It doesn't even involve large sums of money or property. In fact, you know, I was always told our house was paid off, hoping I could just kind of stay in the home for stability for the kids when they wanted to go off to college or work or whatever. Oh no, the house was in foreclosure. He hadn't paid property taxes. Um, so really I was just completely blindsided by yeah. what I thought was my reality. It, yeah. it was not. Yeah. Yeah. So where were you during this situation? Um, well, I actually stayed at the house um, because I was ordered to, to make sure that it was in good condition to do a short sale or whatever. 
And um, luckily, I, I only looked at one other. I had no place to go. I had no friends or family that would take me in. Um, it was just a, it, it was just, I was homeless. Okay. Yeah. I was homeless and I couldn't even really live out of my car because my car was in such bad shape. Of course he had a brand new car with everything up to date. Well, obviously. Yes. Yeah. But, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't even live out of my car, but a wonderful, wonderful friend of mine who ends up being my life partner, who has just been the biggest blessing in my life. Um, he helped me be independent and find a place where I could stay. And it was very close to the school where I taught and oh, the, a tennis club. Actually, I met him at a tennis club, but um, I, you know, uh, I, I tutored at this place. It was a beautiful, wonderful place for me to heal. And, um, and so I, I did that. But then when it came time where I had no money to be able to purchase the home, you know, mm-hmm. at this given time after three years or so. Uh, but it was just the perfect time where Rick and I, we had traveled the world and decided we wanted to go somewhere together and we decided on the Caribbean. So the timing worked out just beautifully to move to the Caribbean at that time. That's so, and awesome. I've been here almost three years. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then after you finally, you know, had your stable place to live, you're talking about starting your healing. What did you do in order to heal from all of this? Oh my gosh. Well, I ate a lot of good food because I'm, I love food and, um, I did puzzles. I know that sounds kind of strange, but I did puzzles and I would say to myself, you know, and I would just pick up a puzzle for a dollar at the Goodwill. Yeah. You know, I was always made to believe we didn't have any money, even though obviously we had a lot of money. Uh, but, you know, so I would shop at Goodwill or resale shops or garage sales, kind of like my, my spiritual fiction. God came to my garage sale, which you can't see because of the green screen. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, there it is. God came to my there garage sale. But, um, you know, I, I told myself when I woke up in the morning, if I can just do one puzzle piece before I teach, before I go off to work and, and go off to school, then I've accomplished something in my day. If I've just done one oh. puzzle piece. So I did that one puzzle piece and sometimes a few more, but you know, that was very calming for me. And it was very, I felt like I gave myself like little rewards, you know, just even making that one puzzle piece fit really mm-hmm. helped. So what did I do to heal? I, I, um, you know, I ate good food. I worked on restorative sleep. I, um, I exercised. So I was always swimming. Oh, um, yeah. Perfect for me because I, I swim in the ocean almost every day, but oh. You know, but I was swimming at a pool, but you know, I was in the Chicago suburbs, so it would be snowing out, but I could go next door and, and swim and play tennis. Um, So I did the things that I knew would be good for my body as far as organic foods, exercise, sleep, and that type of thing. Um, The puzzle, the puzzle situation worked out beautifully for me. Um, In fact, at that point in my life, I 
I might have in the previous life had a reaction of going shopping or, you know, getting a new outfit for myself or, you yeah. know, having a spa day or something like that. And, and that, first of all, money wise, I didn't have that, but I was actually in the mode of wanting to shed things, not to accumulate anything more. Ah, yes. and, and then actually what was very healing during this three-year period that I was, you know, uh, still teaching, you know, trying to navigate the the legal abuse, the constant legal chaos. Um, I was left, of course, my my ex-husband just left everything. He could care less about the kids stuff or anything like that. Yeah. I was left with all the kids artworks and writings and photographs and projects. And so I spent a good part of those three years organizing all of my children's belongings. And, and even though they were not in my life, my children, I still felt I'm a mom and I am the best mom for them. And I felt very connected by doing what I did by organizing all their photographs and all the, um, the Christmas cards I organized and, and all their, um, their, childhood, you know, school photos. And so I made scrapbooks and just put a lot of order to all of this stuff. And so that was extremely healing. And I know there are a lot of moms and dads that still have that on their to-do list, you know, hey, my kids are in their 40s and I still haven't organized their school pictures, you know, <laughs> but I, so at least I was fortunate enough that I was able to do that. Yeah. And the one year so for Christmas. Yeah. The one year for Christmas. That's what I did for my mom is I organized all the school yeah. pictures because yeah. yeah, they just kind of sit in a box and that's where they start. Right. But now I feel, I feel like, you know, that was something I always wanted to do. And, you know, I was almost kind of in a position where I was forced to, to do that. And I was glad that I, that I did, because I didn't need to bring any of that here with me to the Caribbean. Yeah. That is their life. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, All right. So let's, Actually, the one question I want to finish with before we start talking about your book is what advice would you give somebody who is having a light bulb moment? (laughs) Okay. um, Well, I would say for sure, pick up Tracy A. Malone's new book, which is called Divorcing Your Narcissist. You can't make this shit up. And it's about the covert tricks that these abusers do. So I would say one of the first things to do is is pick up Tracy A. Malone's book, Divorcing Your Narcissist, because that will be a plethora of information with many, many experts that are chiming in with their advice. So like I could ask, I could offer some advice. But, you know, I'd rather offer, I'm so into books and reading and research and knowledge that I would like to offer that as the suggestion, because that will open the door to lots and lots of uh, pearls of wisdom and advice. That's good. So, so, you know, and, and it's from everything from trying to find a lawyer that understands, um, 
narcissism or parental alienation. You know, I, I'm still actually stalked and harassed by one lawyer that uh, turned out to be um, very ineffective and very corrupt and actually continues the abuse um, as if they're on the same side as the abuser. So, but then again, I've met an amazing lawyer who gets it and understands what narcissism and parental alienation is mm -hmm. and understands the underhanded tricks that the abusers do, the false allegations, the, the forgeries, the fake information. You know, so there are some good ones out there, but, you know, in Tracy's book, they address, um, they address legal things, they address emotional things, physical things, custody, um, finances, just, you know, anything and everything that you can think of. So uh, that would be my best advice is to pick up her book and, okay, and, and pick and choose what works for you. Yes, exactly. Wonderful. So now let's talk about your book. Sure, sure. Well, I've got a lot of books out there. Yes, actually. but I know, I know you have a a, a recenty one, right? A, a four book series called True Deceit, False Love. Now, uh, the screen screen. Yeah, you gotta, like, I think you got to like tilt it a little bit forward. I don't know. It's not going to happen. I don't think I can do it. Anyway, there it is. Right there. Right there. There it is. Okay, True Deceit, False Love is my four book series. And the first book, um, which was prominently endorsed by Dr. Jennifer Harmon, a parental alienation researcher out of Colorado, my foreword was written by Dr. Sam Vaknin, who is a self-proclaimed narcissist who has actually coined many of these terms, um, as well as Lisa A. Romano, the Breakthrough Life Coach, and Tracy Malone, whose book I told you you should get, and Tamara Gerstemeyer-Sweeney, one amazing, very brave, strong woman who has been alienated from her four children for 10 years and is still in the court systems with her abuser. Uh, but she has a a uh, wonderful sailing vessel called Agape Love Dominates, where she is going around the world, world spreading the, the word of love and goodness and um, just actually started Patreon so that she oh. can hopefully um, start getting some resources to help provide safe houses for the many men and women that find themselves, you know, after being totally used and abused by an abuser to, to try to get back on their feet. But this, this series, True, True Deceit, False Love, the first book, it was put out in September and it is 15,555 terms and phrases on domestic violence, narcissistic abuse and parental alienation. So really just reading these terms and we throw around terms all the time oh, yeah. in this community. It, it's, uh, instead of it being a glossary or a dictionary, it's more that, hey, this is the term and you look it up to see how it applies to your situation. Mm -hmm. and, and I have found that doing your own grassroots research while you're trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together is really aiding in your healing. 
And so, and so that book is, um, is, has been doing very, very well. And probably within a week or at the most two, the next two books will come out. Um, books two and three, one is on acrostic poetry where I use 13 of these different terms and phrases and I, I put them in an acrostic poetry form. So it's informational, but it's also uh, tugs at your heartstrings and your experiences to help connect the dots. It's not my story. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's all of our stories. It's a story um, of any role. It can be a grandparent that is alienated. It could be a child. Mm -hmm. It could be um, a husband, a wife, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a partner. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really matter. All the situations um, are general enough that, you know, and I, I use nothing is specific. I'm not I'm not telling my story or the story of anyone in particular. These are all fictitious, all made up, but they, they are generally done so that you can get the examples to bring home the point yes. of, of what it is. And then the, the third book is actually a survivor's workbook. So if someone finds that writing um, or the use of these words is healing for them, they can have their own workbook. So, so they have an example of an acrostic poem, a, a couple other suggested terms, and then there's room for them to write their own acrostic poetry to sort of get their you know, feelings out, to, to, to deal with the emotions because yeah. we can't have them bottled up inside. No. We, we, need to, we need to express you know, what we're going through and make sense of, of this abuse, because, you know, we're good people. And, and, you know, it's very hard to believe that there are people that actually purposely want to cause you harm, but there are, right? there are, and, you know, um, this is a way to help take care of yourself. So anyway, I, I, I'm so excited. The books are already in the content review at the publisher and oh, wow. they'll be good to go soon. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And so where do people pick these up? Um, well, definitely Amazon. And, you know, the, the uh, first book is $15.55. I did the play on the numbers. Um, but Amazon, and you can even do like an e-version for $3.99, you know, yeah. so, so if money and, and believe me, I know with abuse survivors, you know, we, we yeah. lose everything. We lose everything and money is part of it. So for just $3.99, you can get the e-version of the book. It is also at Barnes and Noble. And then um, my publisher is Balboa Press, which is Hay House. It's a division of Hay House. So you can find my books there as well. And actually, my book is in hundreds of bookstores around the world. I actually thought Wonderful. it was just the United States, but I have heard from people in England and Ireland and in India and in wow, Italy that is. my book is on their bookshelves, on, on the bookstores. So that's awesome. And they have this book, you know, God came to my garage sale to, in order to to find me, I'm not on social media, but I do have a website, which is the title of my award-winning spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale. 
All right. So there you will find all the happenings, the interviews, the book signings, you know. Perfect. Yeah, that type of thing. And I try to highlight other people that are making a big difference in the world with, you know, trying to help people mm-hmm. become the best version of themselves. And so, so not only in my happening section do I do I show like what I'm involved in, I will highlight some other influencers that's very that cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, um, I so- think y'all need to support one another. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so many easy free ways to do that, right? Sure. So it, it doesn't mean that you have to be paying a whole lot. I mean, even just recommending a book to somebody or liking a, a page or a post or whatever, it can go a long way. Sure can, sure. Um, so thank you so much for being on this show. Oh, thank you so much for having me and just having a platform like this and best of luck with all your new techie endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. So again, thank you, Marty. This is such an important topic. We really need to get the word out there because it's, it can happen over time. It's not like you meet this person, you fall in love with somebody who's hitting you. Often it is that love bombing turning into something very toxic and very harmful. And so we need to be understanding of the situation and be there to help people if they need the help. And I think the first step is if somebody tells you that they are in need of help, believe them, right? If, if you're going, oh no, I've seen your, your husband or wife, right? Cause it, it, there's no gender to it. Um, I've seen them. They're, they're fine. They love you so much. We don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And so we need to believe that what they're telling us is the truth. And if they need oh, uh, some kind of strategy to get out, then we need to be there to support them through that. Um, so with that being said, if you do know supports around your local area, it's always good to make sure that you're up to date with that information. Um, women's shelters, unfortunately, really, I, I don't know of any men's shelters, but uh, some places do have family ones, Um, or even just the homeless shelters, contact information for counselors can be very helpful as well. So um, again, thanks for tuning in. And if you want to support the show, we do have a merch store. Here's one of the designs on this awesome cup. This one was actually done by my brother. Oh my goodness. I don't even know how long ago. Um, It's epic. He did it in... Um, airbrush, it's airbrush that he did. It's a big poster I have um, of a dog that we had when we were younger named, um, this one was Ludicrous. <laughs> so you can pick that up in the merch store. 10% of the proceeds um, from that would go back to addiction services. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. Bye.